0: If you enjoy listening to She's Sober Sydney, we would be immensely grateful if you could take two minutes to do two things. Subscribe to or follow our podcast, plus write a review. These two things will help get our pod to the people who need it. Thank you so much. So wherever you may be, driving, exercising, having a cup of tea, we really hope you enjoy this next episode. Hi, I'm Meg. And I'm Bella, and we're the hosts of She's Sober Sydney. We are This Naked Mind certified coaches who have each discovered that life is just so much better without booze. This podcast is for you if you're questioning your relationship with alcohol and you're looking for some positivity, love and support. Sharing our own vulnerabilities and stories helps us know we're not alone. So let's do this together. Hi, and welcome to She's Sober Sydney. Today on the podcast, I am going to be talking with Beth Purcell. And Beth is a This Naked Mind and an integrative nutrition health coach. She's also a energetics practitioner, single mom, a yogi, and a lifelong learner. Hi, Beth. Welcome to She's Sober Sydney.
1: Hey, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk to you.
0: Me too. And it's it's our pleasure. So can we start off by, um, would you be able to tell us a bit about your alcohol journey?
1: Sure. Um, my story is probably like many other people's people. I um, started early, probably drank the first time, like 13 or 14. I lived in a super, super t- small town and there wasn't a lot of kids and I happened to be kind of on the younger side. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just introduced to it early, like a lot of people were. Um, And I I, right away, it was like, oh, this makes me less awkward and -hmm. socializing easier. And so I kind of used alcohol in that capacity for a long time, like through high school, through college, um, navigating, you know, first jobs in my 20s. And I'd say where it kind of changed was when I had got married and had children and then I felt like there was a shift. I mean, I still I still drank socially when I went out, but I it kind of switched to being um more of a reward at the end of the day for like momming and still working and being an adult and just like I deserve it. I had a lot of that I deserve it around my drinking. And um I just it felt like it really helped me de-stress um In retrospect, I think a lot of why I used alcohol was I have a very active mind, like many people, and, you know, I would have the drink and I could just kind of turn it off or turn it down anyway, turn the volume down. So anything I was worried about seemed to go away temporarily. Um, So that is how I used alcohol for a long time. And I was a daily drinker, but not to excess, typically, like, you know, I would wait until five or six, whatever my prescribed time was at the at the time. And then have um, one or two drinks. I mean, if I went to a concert or went out, I mean, there was definitely times I I overdrank and ended up with hangovers. But in general, I was just like a very consistent daily drinker. Um, But it wasn't that it was no big deal. Like I was very fixated on those drinks. Like if I didn't get my drinks at five o'clock or six o'clock, I was super irritated. Like it was important that there was, I was more of a beer drinker, beer in my refrigerator. Um, I was really in like I, I mean, now they're so common the whole craft beer scene. But, mm. um, you know, I was early on that scene, and I was kind of like a beer snob. It, it's funny to think about now. Um, so it was just like over time, I just kept drinking again, not not to excess all that often. But it got to the point where um, I'll I'll back up a little bit. I was working in medical publishing during this time when I was raising my kids. It was a very steady job. Um, I was able to work from home early on, way, way before COVID. And, um, you know, I was just kind of in this nine to five routine. But then I realized, like, this is not after I worked in the same company for 20 plus years. And I really was getting more and more into yoga. I had done teacher training training. Um, I was getting more and more into health and I ended up, um, co-owning a yoga studio with someone, um, left, left the kind of secure nine to five situation and was still drinking the exact same way. And then I got trained to be a bioenergetic practitioner and then I decided I wanted to become a health coach. So I went to the Institute for (laughs) Integrative Nutrition. So this whole time that I'm becoming like more and more health focused and spiritually focused. still drinking, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, I've always eaten pretty well, but as I was going through that integrative nutrition course, I really started to clean up my diet. And, um, I I don't remember, I think it was, it was in 2020 that I was still in this program, the coach certification program for nutrition. And I was watching a, um, a lecture. It was actually an Australian doctor, Libby be Weber, maybe I, I'm gonna, I'm forgetting her name right now. Yeah. But she did this lecture about the liver. Right. And it wasn't solely alcohol focused. But I just was I don't know something about that particular lecture hit me so hard. I'm like, why am I drinking? Like, why am I still doing this? Because there it was like this growing sense of um being an imposter almost like being totally out of alignment from what I was telling people at the yoga studio and in bioenergetic testing, like, you know, mm. health is so important. And I know all these things about health, but yet I kept drinking, even though I knew that it was not doing me any favors. Um, and then also in that same course, so I had this Dr. Libby telling me about my liver, and then Dr. Amen, who a lot of people know, he's um, a doctor who does a lot of different... Um, scans brain scans and he was showing these slides about what alcohol does to the brain and you know I'm in my um, mid-50s and I just feel like a lot of us it's Mm -hmm. like you know your memory things start to I don't want to say not function as well but I was just noticing that I didn't have as good of a memory as I used to and when he showed these slides about the brain and how alcohol is just really not doing your brain any favors I was like what again what am I doing and um I ended up, I ended up getting COVID was really sick. So I didn't drink for like 30 days. And then I, (laughs) because I was just in that pattern, right? I just went back to drinking after the 30 days, I got a couple of really bad hangovers within two weeks. Partly, I think, because my body was still um, kind of mending. But I just woke up with a second hangover. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm taking minimum 30 day break. And I took the 30 day break. And at the end of 30 days, I felt amazing, like much better. So I said, well, I'm going to do 60. Like forever was still never, it was not Mm -hmm. in my mind at all. Um, It was, this was just like a health thing. And I did feel more in alignment with, you know, what I was doing for work. Um, But when I got to 60 days, I felt even better. And so I decided a hundred, I got to a hundred, I decided I'm going for a year. And by the time I got to a year, I mean, I actually still don't say forever because I don't really see the point. Um, like I heard Annie say this, Annie Grace from This Naked Mind. But you know, forever means you're dead. So mm-hmm. what's what's the point? But I don't, I don't um, envision myself drinking again because there is all the health benefits, physical, mental. Um, I think for me, the thing that I love the most about not drinking is I don't have that fixation anymore. I don't have, like, Mm -hmm. I feel so much more free without the, where is the five o'clock beer? And I had switched (laughs) during COVID and during my um, being in that training, I switched from beer to just the hard kombucha because I'm like, well, this is the most healthy (laughs) (laughs) alcohol I can drink, (laughs) you know, like fooling myself. And I still drink kombucha, which is 0.5% or whatever. Um, But yeah, I don't know. There's so many reasons that... I let go of alcohol, but I yeah. looking back, I'm like, why did I wait so long? And like what kind of my mission or my goal in coaching and, and getting into this whole field is to try to reach people that are kind of in the same situation and kind of show them like, you don't have to wait that long. Like there's, <laughs> there's no benefit and you're not doing yourself yeah. any favors.
0: Yeah. I so can relate to so much of that. <laughs> like yeah. it's, um, and and what I really love is like, you know, you said you did the 30, then 60 and just, you know, I just want people to know that it, we, I don't say never either. I just yeah. like to, um, be happy with the fact that I choose not to drink. And I'm really happy with that, you know, at this point, yeah. but, um, but, you know, I love that you kept, you know, pushing the days out and, um, feeling better, but also, I also really relate to doing everything I could healthily but still drinking. And what you said was you didn't even drink that much but that thinking about drinking is so exhausting. Isn't yeah. it? Just so exhausting no matter how much you're drinking, even you know not much and just to be rid of that is just so peaceful. Um but yeah, I I did do the healthy eating and I just wanted to ask you, you know, because I come across a lot of clients that are the same, really on a spiritual path as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, doing everything they can f- can for every area of their life and then drinking, yeah, you know, do you see that, and what do you think about that?
1: Well, that brought up i I was in a um, I don't think you can. Have a really strong spiritual practice, this is just my own opinion, mm-hmm. but I don't really think you can while being a consistent drinker i I don't mm-hmm. think they're compatible and I did like a um a yoga philosophy intensive training, and um Harish or Christopher Wallace, who also goes by Harish, he told us in the beginning. I I totally recommend him to anyone, but he told us in the beginning, like, you don't have, it was a six month program. You don't have to stop, you know, smoking pot or drinking, but he's like, look, you can't, your consciousness needs to be here. Like maybe the occasional drink, you know, or whatever your escape mechanism is. But at the time I was still drinking. I was like, okay, I can do the program. Like, he's not saying no, Mm -hmm. you know, even though it's like, I mean, I look back now and it's just kind of funny, but I just was not ready. I was like, I know mm. I I need that. I use that. That's one of my things. Um, and so I took the course and, you know, I wasn't getting drunk all the time, but it was just when he said that I was like, oh, and once I've let it go, I'm like realizing like, if you really want to go all the way with anything, it's like you got to, alcohol, getting alcohol out of the way is so powerful. And it really takes you to the next level.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with that because I've you know, been on this, I've been interested in spiritual things like books, anything I could get my hands on since I was seventeen, started drinking at eighteen, I was a bit late. But um it's always has been a block that alcohol. I totally agree. And because my mind was elsewhere, but I wasn't being my authentic self either. Yeah, I think it does block, and it's just so interesting to be on the other side of that and to see how much more beneficial everything has been. That I've yeah. been looking into without that addictive substance.
1: Yeah, I remember. I'm 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 blanking on her first name. Is it Anna Forrest? Do You know, Forest Yoga. Uh, she wrote this book, and and I was reading, and I was so into it. And there was a push, there was a a point. I'd say a third of the halfway into the book, and she's like, "Okay, now you have to give up all your substances." Oh, okay. And I was like. I closed the book and now I I just realized, like, talking to you, oh, I could go pick up that book now. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, I mean, she was, I think, being honest and, like, you can't go any farther this way. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean,
0: you said it before that you weren't ready to, well, you obviously weren't ready then to stop, but yeah. it, it's it is a shock to people. But it, I like that truth from her, you know. And you can yeah. go back now. It might have taken a lot longer to realise, but <laughs> that's that's the journey, you know. If yeah. only it was that easy that we could go. Okay, someone tells us, <laughs> you know, yeah. we all wouldn't have um, drunk for so long. But um, oh, cool.
1: But yeah, I, yeah, I think go. that every like everything, you know. I didn't really. I mean, I I just. Put it away and didn't think about it, but I mean that it's like every little thing along the way. All those little things add Mm -hmm. up. You're not ready, but like eventually, those things get to the point where it, you know, it makes you move in that direction to actually do something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think most people I've met in this journey have stopped and started many times, and it is that we. Everyone says the same thing. You know, it it goes into your subconscious. It's building, and then when the time's right for you it'll happen. So you've um also spoken about being doing the nutrition course.
1: Um mm-hmm.
0: so I have a question because I struggled after giving up and I still do with sugar intake. Do you have anything you can tell us about, you know, why we crave sugar after stopping drinking and what how to, you know, help with that?
1: I mean, I think I actually still struggle with it too, even though like I created something around sugar. Mm. um, It's hard, but I mean, I think it replaces for a lot of us when we give up drinking, you know, we're not getting that reward that we used to get. We're not getting that really concentrated dopamine hit Mm. from alcohol. And a lot of us just substitute it, right? So then we're forming that neural pathway to reach for the ice cream or the um, nutrition bar that has a lot of sugar or whatever it is. Mm. Like I tried to keep it really healthy, but it was still stuff yeah. that's full of sugar. Um, so unfortunately, I mean, you know, cause giving up alcohol, it's so worth it, but it's not necessarily easy. I think the same thing about sugar. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I put together something that gives you practical tips and tools, but really it's like alcohol. I think mindset is where you really solve your problems. Like you, have to get clear on why you're reaching for the sugar, you know, what thoughts are you having that are driving the emotion? Like for me, it's often deprivation. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I deserve it. And so I have to go back and figure out like what's causing like what thought is causing that that um, emotion that's having me go get the sugar. And so it's kind of, you know, it's not easy. It like takes a lot of mindset work, I think. but there are things like, you know, um, having if we're just talking about purely you want to stop in the moment, um, anything like, um, sauerkraut, kimchi, mm-hmm. any fermented food really quickly cuts the sugar craving as does apple cider vinegar. Like those two things, like if you just are like, you can't handle the craving, <laughs> you can mm-hmm. go do those things. And I would say another thing about getting rid of sugar, it's it's same with alcohol. It's like, you have to become okay with getting through your urges you have Mm. to kind of urge surf. You have to like say, okay, this is uncomfortable. How do I feel? Like For me, it's like a restlessness. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to sit with it, you know, and it's uncomfortable. And I actually like, there's a guided meditation I do sometimes. It's about cravings and just like remembering like, this will pass, this will pass. And like, is it that bad? Like, is this restlessness that bad? No. Yeah. Like, Can my, can I like my, this feeling, this sensation in my body can't make me do anything. Like I have to, my prefrontal cortex has to give permission for me to get up and, you know, and get the ice cream or whatever it is. So it's, I mean, I, there's not a quick fix. I don't think it's like same kind of with alcohol, like thought work. Mm. surfing the urges but there are some practical things too um you know and even eating fruit like Mm. berries are good because they're Mm. sweet but they're still good for you they're mostly antioxidant um really high quality dark chocolate is good for you and not that much sugar um i'm i'm happy to send anyone i just have like a little it's like a pdf but it has Mm. Has various foods and various things like taking a hot shower. Sometimes you know can really um, change that for people. But again, those are kind of like those aren't permanent fixes, but they'll help you in the moment. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: they're great tips. And it reminded me that when I because I get to the night time and think, oh, it'd be nice to have something while I watch Netflix, yeah. you know. And yeah. when I was, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that feeling. <laughs> and um, when I was doing well, I um, I would have some apple cider vinegar and straight away I just wouldn't feel like anything else you know yep. it's and that all that took was changing my thought process like you said and it is closely related to the um coaching we do for alcohol and that we did we learned and um i guess yep. it's reminding myself i can go back and yeah surf the urge and know yep. it'll pass to have something that'll get me past that because again it's it's
1: cravings don't last that long no so Fine. usually like from one minute to, I mean, the long ones mm. are like 15, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And again, like every time you resist the urge, you're strengthening that mm. neural pathway that is saying, I'm not going to do the sugar. You know, and another thing is, I mean, some people, and I've done this, and this is kind of like, you know, moderation with anything. I, I think the problem there is there's still that fixation. But, you know, I will sometimes say I'm allowing myself 25 grams of sugar a day or whatever it is you know and then i just like kind of keep track of it cuz like i like kombucha that has sugar in it for the most mm-hmm. part um so you know it depends where you want to go with the sugar if you want to cut it out completely i've actually never done complete sugar mm. removal it's hard you know you can't yeah. really you can't eat any processed food basically
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. that's just is that whole thinking thing again it's exhausting yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think for me i just Finding replacements and things to do instead to pass that urge, because yeah, it. I mean, I applaud people that can do it, but for me, I just I don't, (laughs) I don't have the um, energy to. Because it's even things like tomato sauce and barbecue sauce, and I'm like, oh, I gotta have them sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I mean, I want to eat birthday cake once in a while. You know what I mean? Like for me, I'm not. I'm not all about. 100% sugar free. I think people who do it are amazing. But um, I just don't want to overindulge like I did. Yeah, I mean, I still do at times, but I really did when I was letting go of alcohol. And I just want to say to anyone who's letting go of alcohol, I would just concentrate on the alcohol. I mean, I didn't worry about the sugar for a while. And I gained weight when I and not necessarily just because of sugar, I kind of used beer as a meal replacement sometimes. You know, yeah. yeah. like if I was hungry before dinner, I'd have a beer and then I might have one during dinner while I was making dinner and I just wasn't that hungry. So you end up like drinking a couple drinks and not eating food. So I kind of knew intuitively that when I gave it up, I would gain a few pounds. A lot of people mm. lose weight. Um, but yeah, my point, I kind of got off track. But yeah, I would not like try to take try to give up sugar and alcohol at the same time.
0: No, absolutely. I would not recommend that either. And it's, (laughs) yeah, look, if sugar gets you through that beginning bit, do it. And I was the same. I initially the first, when I first gave up alcohol a few years back, I tried it for five months. I lost weight, but that's because in the lead up, I wasn't eating much. I was drinking. I was drinking like you just said, and that's not good. Um, but Mm. I lost quite a lot of weight and it coincided to when I gave up. So people are like, Oh, I want to lose weight like you. Do I just have to stop drinking? And realistically, this time it's not, it wasn't the alcohol that caused the weight loss. So, because, yeah, I, I think just there's a bit of a myth that if you give up, you will definitely lose weight. And that's not always the way. I know some people have been disappointed, but it's like, so I'm a year and a bit in now. I can think about a better routine for myself and balancing yeah. that out. But up until now, it's whatever got me through. Whatever and goes. Yeah. And I'm happy with that.
1: I just don't want people to beat themselves up. Like giving up alcohol oh. is a hard thing to do, especially in Australia or the United States where it's such a, yes. you know, alco-centric culture. So it's like, put your, mm-hmm. put your effort into that and things will balance out. I mean, your, your microbiome, once you give up alcohol is totally changing. It's totally rebalancing. Like it does take a while. You might, I mean, I gained some weight. I mean, maybe five, six pounds, but it's it's gone now. You know what I mean? And I just like, don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> just give yeah. your body, because your body literally wants to be at homeostasis. I mean, that's its job, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's just working to get you back on track. Um, and it takes a little bit.
0: I was just thinking, something you said earlier sort of reminded me that when I stopped drinking, I had some health issues come up that I wasn't aware of. I'd sort oh. of been, yeah, I'd been covering them up um, by drinking. And the shock, when you were talking about the learning on the liver and the brain, uh-huh. that that's what it was. Um, first of all, my foggy brain was appalling. I mean, I couldn't remember anything. So, you know, I'm just so relieved I'm giving my body a chance now um, because I'm 50 this year in menopause. So, you know, it it is a time that things will change anyway in your body. But I ended up with a kind of a restless leg syndrome, maybe. It was very hard to find answers. And I think I covered it up with drinking, which was, Mm -hmm. it's, it's scary to think how much worse it would have got. But I have spent the last year really focusing on my health, um, and just, just in practical ways. I mean, I was worried I wouldn't be able to walk properly. It was really full on. And I think it coincides with menopause, with the drinking too much, with the age. Um, and I'm just so glad I've, you know, kind of fixed that, but there's a lot that went into that. And some things were like, uh magnesium was, I uh, was deficient, um, and other things, which we don't even notice, or we don't yeah. know, we don't know, but When you were learning about the brain and the liver, you know, you probably learn about all the things that it saps from your body and our body's just lacking and it can cause so many. And the gut I was looking into and part of my, because I had joint pain and everything can be an imbalance in the gut. And I just think that would have been exactly where I was after drinking so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I mean, the funny, not the funny thing about menopause, but you know, there's all these um, hormonal changes and people will say that a lot of people get foggy brains, right? Mm -hmm. So instead Mm -hmm. of like blaming it on the alcohol, I Mm -hmm. think a lot of women our age who drink blame it on menopause. I mean, I was like, I don't know, is that what this is? I'm getting close to menopause. Like, is that, that's why my brain is foggy. And you know, (laughs) alcohol definitely plays a part.
0: Oh, absolutely! And it—it's um—in the research I was doing, it um, exacerbates it. So, you know, my symptoms were a lot worse because of the alcohol. Yeah, um, they would have probably have been a lot less or not even noticeable. So, yes, just more of the things we get to enjoy as we <laughs> get older. Get older. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask you about—um—we spoke about it before this. Just being single mums, you mentioned drinking uh, during divorce, before and after. And it's such a, I do want to touch on that because I'm sort of, I'm not going through the divorce yet, but separation I am. And it's kind of the first major thing I'm going through without alcohol.
1: Um, Mm, Yeah, that's major.
0: Yeah. But it's, it is such a time. And I think women our age group will be, you know, a lot of us will be going through this. Um, and it does seem to be a time when drinking can get a bit worse. Do you think?
1: That's- yeah. I mean, I, I think you're you're so blessed to not be drinking and going through mm. this. I mean, I'm sure you have that desire like, oh, I wish I could take the edge off. But to be present and to not be able to flying off the handle or, you mm-hmm. know, emotionally, all the drama that alcohol can cause. I wish that I wasn't drinking. I've been twice divorced Mm -hmm. um, and I was drinking through both of those. um, Mm -hmm. And I just wish I wasn't because I just think it would have been easier on a lot of levels, at least emotionally, like just to stay more even keeled. And I don't know you have, yeah, you said single mom. So it's like to co-parent it's, it's really important that you maintain a relationship that is civil or more with Mm -hmm. your, you know, the partner that you had children with, because that benefits your kids. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people's, a lot of people's drinking upticks when they're going through a divorce, Mm. um, which, which oftentimes the results are the exact opposite of what I just said. Like, you know, they might send that text that is very um, inflammatory to the whole situation. They might say things about their partner to their kids that they wish they didn't, which is never to the benefit of the kill, the children. And I mean, I've done all this. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, and it's like, you don't want to, again, beat yourself up. But if you can not, at least even if you don't give it up, like if you can try to not drink more during, through a divorce, um, mm. I just think you'll be way better off. And yeah, I do have some experience. I actually, like my first divorce, I, I cut way back on drinking right afterwards because I was like, oh my God, I have two little kids and I had to go back to mm. work full time. But it was when I started to date again.
0: Right. That I was
1: like, all of a sudden you're like going out, you know, mm-hmm. and like with with people who don't necessarily have kids. It was like, it was very interesting. Like it was fun, but my drinking went way up. It was um not, I mean, again, it wasn't like I was falling down drunk, but I was going out during the week because I would I only have the kids have time by that point. So yeah, it's it's just a whole big area to navigate. And yeah, the 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 least You can drink. The less you can drink, the better.
0: Yeah, totally. I have noticed with some people my age who are nearly single, um, they are going out and drinking. I mean, that seems to, it's almost like the people have gone back to their twenties and I know I would have, I totally know that would have been me if I was still drinking and it's just a party scene. And I think, Oh, and that in itself, I'm grateful that I'm not in that space because I don't want to go back in a Find someone in that space,
1: yeah,
0: um but I see it a lot because what else do you have in common? You know, that's how I see them breaking the ice, and
1: yep. you know
0: it's it's helped me sort of at this age just go, you know what? I'm going to focus on myself <laughs> and my kids because my kids are teenagers and up now.
1: Mm-hmm. get
0: them through. And before I think about anything else, um just get my. Head in the right place as well and um be grateful that I'm not on that in that scene because I know I would have embraced it. Yeah. <laughs> and been out. And we are older now. Like I don't even can't even think how I would have coped.
1: <laughs> with, yeah, totally. You know. And you wake up in the morning. I mean, that's the other thing about age. I think that we mm. are at a, an advantage. Anyone who's 40 or older and tries to give up drinking and and 50 and older even more. It's like one drink could make me feel not a hundred percent, you know, like just foggy, yeah. slight headache. And it's easier to let something go when you're really feeling the physical um yeah. fallout from that.
0: Yeah. The other thing I've noticed with being a non-drinker during this period. So in the lead up, I was drinking and so was my ex. And it was quite quite scary in a way that it just um like you said you can say things that you regret text things that can be used against you like that's not good yeah. the kids witness things they shouldn't and part of the reason i did stop was just to get clarity to protect to give my kids security
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to be able to get through this time knowing that what i was dealing with was was true i, I do want to say it has not been easy it's And the hardest part has been not that I want to drink at all, sitting with the damn feelings has been the hardest. And so, when you, you know, we talk about sugar and the cravings, I've literally had to do it with uncomfortable feelings to do with my relationships. Well, my relationship with my ex and it and the kids and finances. And it has been horrible, but there's no way but through. It's not like anything else. I can't have a piece of cake and go oh well you know it's literally i have to feel it and i've never wanted to drink because of that but it really helps you delve into the emotions so it is a really it, it is a healing process as well but i i just wanted to say how, how difficult it can be but i mean that's yeah. also what we're here for as coaches we don't right. just coach on alcohol it goes into all areas
1: Yeah, because I mean, the thing you're doing with alcohol, if you were if you were still drinking and you were having those feelings, you would use alcohol instead. Guess what? Those feelings aren't going away, though. You know, they're going to still be there. You're still going to have to process them at some point. So it's like it's not fun. It is uncomfortable. But you might as well just like you said, just get through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think my favorite term about all of this is uncomfortable. Like it's a discomfort because yeah. you can get really caught up in that. I can't cope. This is the worst pain I've ever been through, but really it's a discomfort. It's not, yeah. you know, a, you're not being injured. It, it's once I got my head around that, I thought, okay. And we are so used to not letting ourselves feel pain or discomfort, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how we're wired, right? I mean, yeah. the human wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and do everything as easily as possible. So it's not, I mean, we're just being humans when we are trying to avoid pain, but yeah, with emotions, it's like, and the other thing about not, of just feeling them and not resisting them or avoiding them is it's quicker. Yeah. It's like, it It might feel impossible, but like, you know, even if you have a night where you cry all night long, yeah. like you wake up in the morning and you're, you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And you've yep. got a lot out. Um, yeah. yeah. I often, like yesterday, I had a hard day and I just, I tears were coming. And you know what? I went upstairs, I laid on my bed and I was like, this is sadness. This is sadness. Like this yeah. is sadness. Mm. And it seems silly, but it really helps me to verbalize it and to just mm. like feel it. And then, you know, today's been a great day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. And it, it is such a good, you know, I love that, that you you say what you're feeling. And it's, it's so unusual, you know, well, for me, because I was a big drinker to feel anything. And so it's, it's new. And so you got to start back at the basics and, you know, yeah, labeling it and giving yourself permission to go through that. And like you said, you know, you're having a good day and that's so cool. If, you know, if I drank that away, not only would I prolong all that, I'd be so angry at myself. You bring up a whole lot of new things with it. Yeah. You know. And then,
1: and then you're irritated so you probably might drink more that that night. Yeah, I mean totally. it's too bad like I very few of us are taught how anything about emotions. Mm. Right? And a lot of our families like my family showed very little emotion. Like mm. I was a sensitive kid and I always felt bad mm. if I cried and it's yeah. just like we should all be taught emotional work in high school, oh. which would be really awkward.
0: <laughs> oh, but, but wouldn't it be so good? Yeah,
1: it would be a different world. Yeah. It really would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you can't, I mean, looking back now, we can just go, wow, there is just nothing around that in schools and that, and that's such an important, that's the most important thing. Like, yeah. Be and the, thought
1: work. Oh,
0: definitely. Like how
1: our brains work, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like those two things. If everyone learned how to meditate, learned how to do mm-hmm. thought work and learn how to mm-hmm. process emotions, maybe there'd be no war. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's yeah. um yeah, hopefully
0: over time. I mean, I look at my daughter who's at quite a um progressive school and I think yeah. they definitely tap into that. She's in year twelve though, so it's her last year. Um so hopefully it's going in a direction that that more schools will, you know, yeah. bring bring more of that in.
1: Yeah, because I mean a lot of our I mean, maybe you're better at, at reining it in than I am, but I mean, my kids, I just feel like they go to their phones when they don't want to process something, you know. Yeah. And it's I mean that talk about dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And I'm I'm guilty of it too. I love my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. yeah, that's a way to not feel anything as well. I'm learning. I
0: I'm not necessarily transferring that to my kids, but you know, yeah. we we try to do our best and I try and I mean the kids know at least now that they're secure. I'm always there if they need me. Yes pick them up if they need which is something new um so they've got the they've got the security they're sort of all at an age where my eldest is 24 so she's happy to chat but the other two are like oh i don't want to talk to you you know so i think that's normal teens yeah but but they know they've got someone to rely on and that's what's that's what's important but definitely we're all on our phones at times and I can't, I can't change that, but I I can. And, you know, we all now have something that we can talk to our kids about alcohol if we need to. Um, So occasionally I throw something in for them about that and just try and put my words of wisdom in, but ultimately they've got to go through life themselves too. And
1: they do. But I, I, one thing you just said, like I, one of my very favorite things of being a non-drinker now is, how I am always there for my kids. Like my youngest is 13. And so Mm -hmm. she still needs to be driven about. And she is the kind of kid who thinks she wants to have a sleepover. And at two in the morning, she freaks out. And I'm like, it's okay. Like I literally, it is okay. I will get out of bed. And I just, my like compelling reason when I was letting go of alcohol, I kind Mm of came up with something to motivate me. And it was, I want to trust myself a hundred percent. And I also want my kids to be able to trust me. And I just feel like Ooh, it's such a game changer to not drink. My kids totally trust me now. I am just gonna be there no matter yeah. what.
0: It's it's amazing, isn't it? And I'm the same. Yeah. My my son's 14 and my other daughter's 17. And my 17-year-old, she's learning to drive, and I'm the teacher. And I could, I could never have done that um, <laughs> for many reasons. You know, partly because my anxiety was so bad when I was drinking. But yeah, she the other day she said um she had a concert in the city and she goes, But you you're not gonna want to pick me up at midnight. I said, Look. I, it's not my happiest thing. <laughs> I don't love yeah. that. I said, but I, I will pick you up whenever from wherever. I said, if you, she's not a drinker, but she sort of goes, I had a drink at a party and I think, God oh, bless. And I said, look, even if any of you got drunk, I am, I prefer come and get you yeah, and pick you up and know you're safe. I said, don't ever feel you can't ask me that. And don't, and I don't want them to think just because I don't drink that that's a, you know, they they're gonna experience their own things. I said to her recently, you have a natural high because she's got a great group of friends. I said, That's natural. Try just focus on that and remember that you can be so happy without yeah. other other substances. But um
1: yeah. yeah, I try to tell the youngest one, like, oh god, just don't rush to grow up either. Yeah. Like you can do all that stuff when you're an adult. I mean, because your brain is still. Like if you're a 14 year old, you know, it's really mm-hmm. still developing. Like, please mm-hmm. just if you're gonna do it, mm-hmm. just hold off. And of course, right now she's like, I'm never gonna drink. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope that's true. Yeah. But yeah. I just just the society we live in. I probably I won't know. be. But we'll see. Oh,
0: well, this has been it's been so lovely to talk to you. In the show notes, I'll put your website and so on your website people can access the um sugar.
1: Yes. It's a, it's, it's yep. F- they can just download it. It's a PDF. Uh-huh. And it gives, I think, 12 tips, which are more like you could take a shower, you could do this, yeah. or do the vinegar. And then that, there's also a list of just the foods that are kind of the best to grab. Yeah. Um, that's nothing. Fantastic. nothing. It's not like super complex, but it could be helpful if you're really going through, you know, the first month, the first two months, it can be helpful mm. to have.
0: Yeah. No, it sounds great. Um, yeah. And anything else that's coming
1: up for you or? No, I just, it was great to talk to you. I, I I do think it's, I would be interested in learning more or delving in more to the whole menopause and drinking, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of women in this age group do give up drinking. And I'm wondering how much, you know, menopause plays into that. Um, mm-hmm. I think for some of us, it's just like, you realize, oh, like I'm changing to a totally different part of life, mm-hmm. kind of like a wake up call. Like I better get my act together. I better work mm-hmm. on my health. Um, which is, mm. I mean, that part of it is good.
0: It is good. And it's, um, you know, I I said, oh, you know, for us women, you know, here we go again. But the funny thing is, um, we tend to look at that, whereas, you know, some, I'm not saying all men, but some men might look at midlife at, Maybe midlife crisis, you know. Yeah. Uh, I feel it is a positive step that a lot of women take, and and that's great, yeah. you know. Looking after our health and, but yeah, definitely, I'd like to get some people on here to talk about menopause and um, divorce and all the things that we're facing as we sort of transition into this time, and and just knowing um, how I had these weird menopause symptoms, like no one would associate restless leg and I cannot tell you how painful it was. It was scary. You know, um, there's just not been a lot of information out there, like particularly not when our mothers were younger. And so the more we know. Um and and like you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like you said, you know, um, I think it's it can be very common to just blame everything on menopause, but have a look at how alcohol is in your life because I know for me, it just made everything so much worse.
1: Right. I mean, I think going through menopause without alcohol, like you want to make menopause easier, mm. stop drinking.
0: Yep, yeah, definitely. Stop drinking
1: because I mean, I, I, I really had my first hot flash a couple of nights ago and I mean, I don't drink, but I don't know. I mean, would it be way worse? You know what I mean? I probably. Yeah,
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of say, I didn't get <laughs> blushes, and then I go, Oh, yeah, but I had a lot of hangovers where I was really sweaty and, you know, it's like, well, that was probably it worse because I was going through a hangover as well. It's like, oh, cringy. I'm just, um, I'm very glad to be able to, yeah, to have this time to have clarity and, and focus and um, yeah. And if anyone wants help in that, you know, we're here, we're coaches Totally. Reach out and um and like we said, we don't say forever. It's uh we meet you where you are at, and it's finding a freedom from alcohol.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for some people, moderation is is possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think mm-hmm. thought wise it's hard and it's easier mm-hmm. to just give it up. But I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, I'm not I don't think there's anything morally wrong with alcohol. I just think we yeah. all need to look at yeah. our relationship and decide, you know, what's best for us. And yes. um It's just, it's, it is so nice to let it go and have your life change so much. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been so good to talk to you, Beth.
1: You too. Thanks um, for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you. If you don't already know, in addition to our podcasting work, we are each sobriety coaches with our own separate businesses, helping people to drink less. If you or a loved one want to take a break from alcohol, we invite you to have a look at our individual websites. Meg's is glassfulfilled.com.au. And Bella's is isabellaferguson.com.au. So take the next step that feels right for you.